0: On today's show, Camille is back, and we've got plenty to talk about. Giannis was named unanimous first team All NBA. I don't think it was a big surprise, but it's definitely worth mentioning. He was the only Buck that made an All NBA team, which is fascinating. I want to ask Camille how she feels about the Bucks taking an untried coaching candidate because we have seen some names on the list, and I'm wondering whether that is too big of a risk for the Bucks to take. Uh, also, I have to get Camille's thoughts on Kenny Atkinson. What about James Borrego? That was someone that we didn't discuss as well, so there's plenty to talk about. max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Goal! show monday to friday and also from my work over at espn and alongside me from this show as many times as i can bring her on as well as the tech fail podcast camille davis absolute favorite of not only mine but the listeners let's be honest about that camille it's great to have you here uh, and we also say it's great to have the listeners here we appreciate the support uh, whether you're listening whether you're watching uh, it helps us big time and there is just so many fascinating talking points about the bucks it's normally i get to the off season and i'm depressed and i don't know what to talk about and <laughs> i'm frustrated that i'm doing this show every single day but it feels like with the Milwaukee bucks right now there is news every single day uh, and that's why we're continuing to see big listener and viewer numbers which we appreciate it's free to subscribe uh, comment like give us your thoughts on what the Bucks should be doing or all the news that continues to drop. It's free to do, and it helps us keep uh, pumping out this show on a daily basis. So we really appreciate it. Uh, Camille, we haven't spoke that much about what candidates could be on the list. Mm -hmm. So I want to get into that today. Like I said, I want to ask you about how anxious or maybe not anxious at all you would be about a completely untried coach. Uh, But first, Giannis, unanimous All-NBA The fifth straight year, he's been unanimous. So every year, and not that it's about Bud, but that is how we define the era. Yeah. In the five years that they've been a contender, two MVPs for Giannis, five straight All-NBA, and unanimous in every single one of those years. When I looked at the votes, that was the first thing I looked at because we discussed a couple of days ago that he wasn't on an all-defensive team. But... It's still fun. I don't think it's stopped being fun seeing Giannis so clearly at the top of this list among forwards that Jason Tatum's there, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, LeBron James, some big names, and Giannis still sat at the top of the tree.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things when I saw that he didn't make the all-defensive teams, it was a mild shot where it was like, oh, that's interesting. I would have thought that I would see his name at least on the second team, but Uh, seeing Brooke and Drew on there, I was like, well, if there were going to be two of the three to make it, those would be the two that I would have put on that team as well. And on top of that, Giannis is probably going to be recognized all NBA as well, first team. That was my mentality thinking about it. And to see that he was a unanimous first team selection again for the fifth straight year, that is impressive. And it's also interesting with the context of his, you know, tired disrespect I'm coming next season tweet. Um, That's been making the rounds. And now he has the the spliced video of him talking about failure with Kobe, which uh, has been setting off NBA Twitter for a few different reasons. So uh, it's nice to see that he is getting acknowledged. And I'm sure that in his heart, he knows like people respect his game to a certain degree. So another all NBA lock for him. Uh, should solidify that in his mind, but also be further motivation for him as he continues to put that chip on his shoulder to come back stronger next season.
0: It is fascinating because I discussed with Justin and I love it. If there's a chip on his shoulder, I'm, I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Let, let's go. Let's see what he can do next year and take his game to a different level. Uh, but then you do get unanimous All-NBA, the only player right. to do that 24 hours later. So it's it's interesting. <laughs> I don't think there's total disrespect for Giannis, but it's still uh, fun to see, as I said. One of the other things we discussed during the back end of the season was uh, the guards. It was safe to say that Brook Lopez wasn't going to be All NBA, despite the fact first team All Defense finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. brooke Lopez actually got uh, one vote, a uh, one uh, third team vote there. Other uh, centers, so he was actually still behind Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, Kristaps pazingas who didn't uh, make the All NBA third team. But you knew it was going to be Embiid. He gets first team. Mm-hmm. Jokic gets second team, which feels kind of harsh in its own right. I mean, that doesn't feel quite right. And then the third team uh, center, Demanta Sabonis, who we discussed as well. So, Brook Lopez misses out. Drew Holiday actually wasn't that close. He finished with 39 total votes. uh, Five second team votes, which is interesting. He had one first team vote. I'm not sure who Mm -hmm. that was. Uh, And then 19... 13 votes so he finished on 39 total points Jamarant was still ahead of him in the guards that didn't get those votes but Jamarant had 44 and then you had to go all the way up to damian lillard on 137 so it actually wasn't that close for drew and we discussed it and i, I wanted to try and talk it into existence but in the end it wasn't that close
1: Yeah we're at a point in the league right now there's a lot of talent in the NBA right now this is not you know the least conference years of the NBA where only one conference was good like there is talent spread all amongst this league and Drew had a really good season and it's not a knock on him to say like you're not all NBA it's just that there are some other guys who have had outstanding seasons like I was happy to see that Dame made it to third team although Portland was so bad but Dame had a career year like he was outstanding, although everything else around him was just falling apart. And looking at De'Aaron Fox on the third team, like I would give it to swipe too, like clutch player of the year now as well. Uh, what he was able to do along with Demonte Sabonis and turning around this Kings team and actually taking them to the playoffs. A really thrilling, you know, seven round series with the Warriors. Although when it comes to these awards, it's just regular season. And when you look at, just at the regular season resume of the guys who made these teams, I feel like they got it right. SGA breakout year makes mm. it for him to be first team. Luca is Luca, Luca Magic, even though, you know, Dallas kind of trailed up at the end there. Luca was Luca throughout the year. Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell. Like it just, just not enough room on, you know, on these teams for Drew, which again, it's not a knock on Drew. It's just a credit for how talented the league is right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. And overall for Drew, all star, first team, all defense, pretty nice here. Mm-hmm. Again, didn't finish the way we would like it to, but. pretty spectacular year all around for Drew Holiday, I would say, certainly during the regular season. Uh, I want to get to the untried coaches. That is the big topic for today's show uh, that I think is going to be fascinating to get into. Uh, But just quickly, we had a a detailed podcast on Kenny Atkinson from our friends on Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht yesterday. So I really found that an interesting chat. So if you missed that podcast, go back and find out some more about Kenny Atkinson. But what was your initial reaction to this? Because he is a coach that was pretty highly regarded. And as Adam kind of suggested on that podcast, it's not like he got fired in unceremonious circumstances. They just completely shifted the course of the franchise and and went with a different guy.
1: Yeah. When you look at those Nets team it was right you know before KD and Kyrie arrive and you're watching this team and you're like wow like this Nets team is really building something they're coming out of the the wreckage that was the you <laughs> know big Celtics trade that they had yes. to get KG and Paul Pierce over there where they emptied out a lot of their assets so to see them rebuilding at that time and seeing how Kenny was coaching that team it was kind of like this this could be special and then next thing you know, you have these superstars who come into the building and everything changes to fit that schedule. So, um, like you said, he just kind of had to go because he didn't fit those plans anymore. Now, I have not gotten a chance to listen to the episode with the deep yeah. dive on Kenny Atkinson, so I'm definitely going to do that. Uh, but I have a certain type of coach that I want uh, for this team going forward. And when you look at the Bucks and what Bud was able to accomplish in – I've heard you talk about it on Tech File this week. We spent a good amount of time talking about the Bucks letting Bud go and what that means for the franchise and uh, all that Bud brought to this team. And you look at his strengths as a coach, defensive, very good defensive coach. Offense leaves a little bit to be desired, right? So with that being said, when I'm looking at who can be the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, I would like a coach, a head coach, that has a little bit of seasoning when it comes to that offense because – the way that that half-court offense tends to stall out a lot of the times in the playoffs when things get, you know, when it gets on a crunch time and things get harder and things slow down and teams are keying in on you. Like I would like to see a head coach that can bring more offensive uh, creativity to the system because they already have the bones here of a great defensive team. We've seen it with Bud. So if they're bringing back a lot of these same guys, maybe you tweak how they're used. Maybe it's not drop coverage as the main coverage or maybe it's drop when if Brick Lopez is still on the team and you switch it up that way. But um, I think the Bucks need the most help on the other side of the ball. So the head coach that I would want for the team would have to have a, a pretty good creative mind uh, while not being, you know, a seam on defense as well.
0: Yeah, where was Kenny Atkinson the last two seasons? Golden State Warriors. You mm-hmm. want someone that's been around some pretty dynamic offense? That would be fascinating. And uh, certainly those Brooklyn teams were pretty creative uh, with a non-superstar as well. Now, just to let everyone in, the reason why you haven't listened to that podcast yet, Camille, is because I'm traveling <laughs> a little bit later today and we are recording this about 10 minutes after I finish the chat about Kenny Atkinson. But listen to both the podcasts because uh, they're really fun. All right, let's get to the untried uh, coach conversation next. And uh, one other question I've got for you. Are the Bucks? about to go down the path of bringing in another extended Greg Popovich coaching tree coach. We'll get to that next after I talk about eBay motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay motors with eBay guaranteed fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage look for the green check to know the part will fit or you'll get your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to us customers eligible items only exclusions apply Uh, plenty still to get to next week on Locked On Bucks as well, so make sure you jump back in. Uh, let's be honest, there's going to be some more coaching news, so we'll be able to continue to sift through that. Uh, Frank, I look, if Frank's listening to this, I, I know you just brought another kid in, into the household, but at some point, you've got you to pony up and podcast here with Pittman. We've we got financial stuff to talk about. The people are hungry for the salary cap stuff, and let's be honest, I'm not capable of doing it with the nuance of Frank Madden. So we're going to get to that uh, next week as well because the Bucks are in an interesting in financial position. Uh, One other name, and this isn't an untried coach, but one other name that came up uh, from some reporting from various sources, James Borrego. Now, this is fascinating because Kenny Atkinson has worked with Mike Budenholzer before in Atlanta. James Borrego was with the San Antonio Spurs for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Becky Hammond is another name we might mention later in this podcast that's obviously been around Greg Popovich as well. Borrego spent four years in Charlotte. Uh, Not a winning record, but uh, let's face it, they weren't great teams. I did see a few people comment that, hey, the Hornets used to always give the Bucs fits, particularly with what they were able to do offensively. They were the one team that the Bucs just could not figure out how to to stop uh, on the offensive end. James Borrego, we haven't mentioned him, but still young, only, only 45 years old. I obviously had that one attempt there with the Charlotte Hornets, but that was at least a name that I was curious about. The pedigrees there, obviously being with the Spurs... Uh, for three seasons there as an assistant as well.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Co- Pop has been coaching for so long, it's almost impossible to not find someone who's attached true, to that at this point. But, no, when you you mentioned the fact that he doesn't have a winning record, but neither does Kenny Atkinson, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. And when you look at what James Brago was was faced with in Charlotte, uh, I believe three of those seasons were the post-Kimball Walker, Walker years, and each mm. year they were continuing to get better. Incrementally, but you saw yeah. improvement with that team as they were rebuilding with him at the helm. So um, interesting name to think about. I, again, would need to kind of dig a little bit deeper into uh, his coaching profile there, but uh, it's a name that I was kind of like, Oh yeah, I forgot about him. I forgot that he's even out there on, you know, on the streets available right now. So why not see if, you know, when you bring him in for an interview, if he has something that can add to the team. Cause like I said, uh, they need some offensive seasoning for sure. And when you look at the roster as well, um, there are certain limitations to it. And I know a name that was brought up for some people was like Mike Dantoni. And hmm. it's an interesting one, of course, because we all know what Dantoni can do. But um, on Tech File this week, uh, my co host Eric pointed out the fact you know, when you look at Dantoni teams, he was at his best when he had a really solid point guard, like a true floor general point guard. So when it didn't work out as well, he didn't have that in New York and in LA and Milwaukee might be more in those realms than so much than like the, the Phoenix realm. So uh, I think fit does, you know, personnel matters with that. And I think James Borrego going back to him could make something work with this roster, given the fact that he was able to make something out of a rebuilding roster in Charlotte. So it's an interesting name to consider.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. You bring up about his winning percentage continuing to rise. So, 2020, 2021, 2022. So those three seasons, and I'll go by winning percentage because there was some COVID stuff that impacted yeah. the length of the seasons. But 35% winning percentage in 2020, that jumped to 45 in 2021, and then up to 52 and a half percent. They were 43 and 39 in 2022. So you know, on that, this was a Charlotte team that that was on the rise. So it's fascinating they they did decide to move on from him. I'm I'm curious about the idea of bringing in a completely untried coach and what that might look like because John Horst has spoken openly about learning a lot from the process of bringing in Mike Budenholzer and what that organizational stability, the personality can bring and how beneficial that can be. And clearly there has to be a basketball side of this with X's and O's and all those types of things. Like We understand that. But as I mentioned, some of the links that are there, Charles Lee, obviously someone they know very, very well. Becky Hammond, who has at least been mentioned and not necessarily with the Bucs this time around, but has been previously, spent a lot of time with the San Antonio Spurs and then has gone off and done her own head coaching and had immediate success, let's say that. So if you look at some of those names and there there might be some other names out there, uh, would you be anxious more so with someone that hadn't had that head coaching role than someone I, I guess is a little bit more of a known commodity?
1: A little bit. Just being honest about that. And part of it is because, I mean, the reason that Bud was let go is because he came in, established a culture here in Milwaukee, they won a championship, and then the bar r- rose again for what this team expects to happen. So now it's a championship expectation year in and year out now that we've actually got over that hump, and he was unable you know, to do that this season, so they decided it's time for a change. Although Bud is gone, the expectation still remains of this is a championship team, we expect to be out here playing in the finals, Eastern conference finals, the NBA finals. Like that's the bar here right now. Like this is a championship team. So my, my hesitation with bringing in a new coach, someone who's unproven um, is that they're going to have, they're going to be walking into a first time coaching gig with some really big expectations. It's different than coming, you know, a starting a career in Detroit right now where they're rebuilding and you're going to have time to be able to grow with that team. And you're going to get a little bit more leeway to learn on the job. Head coaching is not an easy job. So to bring in somebody who's brand new into a team with these types of expectations, especially, I know Bugs fans are, don't want to hear it, but we're on Giannis' timeline again because he's eligible to sign that extension this year, um, a couple years left on his contract. So we're also in that window as well. So if you bring in this rookie head coach, um, not only do they have the expectations of championships, but they're going to have the expectations of keeping this superstar happy. So there's a lot to juggle there. And I'm not sure if a first time head coach, uh, would want to walk into that situation, or if it's even fair to put them into it. But again, if a first-time head coach does get hired, that must mean that they knock that interview out and you know the team see something in them that they think can be a fit for what they have going forward. But personally, I think it's just a hard situation to walk into, and uh, I'm not sure if I would want that. And thinking about Charles Lee, I said the same thing with uh, Darvin Ham, which for a while there, it was looking shaky in LA with Darvin Ham there, and fans calling for his job, and it was just a lot of noise around Darvin Ham. And I just kept saying, I hope he goes somewhere, you know, where he gets a chance to to establish some roots and really, you know, get into his head coaching. Looking good for the Lakers right now, um, but when Charles Lee thinking about that, like, is it more appealing to stay here in Milwaukee with those expectations, or is it more appealing to go somewhere like Detroit, like I mentioned before? So I don't know personally. I wouldn't be as excited for a first-time head coach, but we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. I'm just looking up uh, the Lakers uh, coaching staff as we go through that. But I, I want to talk a little bit about that because you bring up Darvin Ham. Uh, Taylor Jenkins is another one. So, because I, I think the conversation around Charles Lee is interesting. There's going to be familiarity there, but I've got a question regarding Charles Lee and what we've seen in previous years with the head coaches or assistant coaches we've been familiar with. So let's get to that next. All right, so you brought up Darvin Ham and the success he's had with the Lakers. And clearly what we have learned, and first of all, Darvin Ham as a a people manager and and a guy Mm -hmm. that can understand superstars and have that relationship, clearly unbelievable. Because he, he clearly has had the respect of the superstars throughout the season. I think we've also learned that to have success in the NBA, it helps if you've got... Nice balance on the roster, and they fix that up at the All Star break. So, so there's a couple of things to look at there. Taylor Jenkins, I think, has been in a really difficult situation in Memphis, but I think for the most part, the team's been successful. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's been more challenging—I don't want to say more challenging, but significantly uh, more—I would guess—of uh, a roller coaster for Taylor Jenkins with everything that's been going on on and off the court. But do you look at the success and the relative success immediately? And again, if you're basing that all on championships, then no, they, they haven't won a title. Well, Darvin Ham, not yet. But the Memphis Grizzlies, Los Angeles Lakers, do you look at the way that those teams have been able to get to the postseason straight away and feel more confident about Charles Lee? Because I, I just look back and people bring him up and they say, well, I want Charles Lee to be head coach. And my question is, why? And I'm not saying why is in I don't want Charles Lee to be head coach. I'm just saying that... Well, I can't wrap my head around how you can be like yep yeah, that's that's why I want an assistant coach that hasn't been there before to be in the job. So that's why we've got everyone Charles Lee, Becky Hammond, Chris Quinn is someone that we have one commenter on YouTube. I have to mention him because he gets in every day and says he should be the head coach. Like I I don't know. like I would be more apprehensive about that just because I, I don't I really don't know. We haven't seen any evidence in front of us to suggest what they're going to be like.
1: And that's the hard part about especially looking like assistant coaches, because when it comes to a coaching staff, you're not exactly sure of what they're handling. Like they're just a unified front and the head coach is the face of it. So I have no idea exactly what Charles Lee has brought to the schemes, to uh, managing the players' expectations, to being a people. Like I I just, I don't know. Same thing with, uh, you said, Chris Quinn in Miami. Like I I I couldn't tell you exactly what they do. So like that's the thing with assistant coaches where it's like I – I, don't, I can't be confident like that's the guy because yeah. I see it because I, I don't know because they're a unified coaching staff. So it's like you don't know until you take that leap of faith with them and you see them finally in that head coaching role to see what happens. Because even with Charles Lee, it's like, OK, you're coming from this bud tree. You were on this bench uh, this year. So you saw how everything went. What about what you would bring to the team is so different than what we just got done seeing while you were on this bench as well, so it's it's that aspect of it, and like I don't have the answer to that, and I'm sure the bugs will ask it and and you know when they interview him about the position. but as a fan from now' it's like looking in like i I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you,
0: but there's upside clearly to someone like Charles Lee because the the benefit of going with someone that's untried, is that the ceiling can be very high. And Mm. once they get that shot, they can can take you there. And you think about guys like Spolstra now. Yeah, he had some pretty serious uh, superstar power there that catapulted him, but he's proved himself over a long time. Uh, Udoka in Boston, again, another San Antonio guy. So I think that the comfort you would have if it's an untried coach, if it is the Charles Lee or Becky Hammond, is that you know that they understand how a really stable and successful franchise operates. So I don't want to bring out the word habits because it gets brought up too much in Bucks press conferences, but they would bring good habits to to the table. So I think they would be untried in terms of Charles and and Becky, and there's there's others, but there would be maybe a little bit more comfort with those guys. But the one thing I would say with Charles Lee, I would have to imagine, because Giannis knows him so well, like Giannis, and it's not all on Giannis, but right. he would have to – I mean, that's the one that he absolutely can tick off, right? I mean, he's been around him for years.
1: Theoretically, yeah. Because like you said, he's been around for years. And I believe it was Horst who mentioned like, you know, the beginning stages they're going to handle everything. And then once they kind of whittle things down, they're going to bring some of the players in to be part of the interview process as well. But if Charles Lee is moving along these ranks with the Bucks. Uh, I would think that, you know, like you mentioned, Giannis is kind of sitting there and being able to give his opinion on that because he knows him well. Most of the players on this the team, they know him because he's been around. And I, I don't know if that's good or bad for it. Like internally, they know. But again, when you think about that whole unproven coach aspect of it, I could see why there would be fans who want to go that route because you don't have any – frame of reference it's a blank slate so you can be as optimistic as you want to be about the prospects of what they can bring to the table and there's no track record that you can look at like for the established coaches and say well this is where you went wrong this is what you do wrong Um, not considering what the roster makeup was all the other factors that were at play if front office had a voice in the conversation whatever the case may be so yeah uh and one thing too with charles lee now i'm thinking about it as well because i know he's a finalist as well for that Detroit job. So. Or with how the timing of the Bucks' search is going to affect that. And if it's a thing where it's like Detroit offers him, is he going to say like, no, because I'm still in the process to interview for this job with Milwaukee? Because from reports that have come out, it seems that the Bucks also want to talk to some guys who are currently under contract with team. So I'm not sure how that process would work when it comes to the timing of it. So um, it's going to be an interesting proposition for, for Charles Lee.
0: Yeah, and I'd I'd be, you know, maybe he wants to to try something else as well. I I would say that, you know, again, based on the assistant coaches we've seen move on from underneath Bud, like I would bet that Charles Lee is going to be a good head coach. I I think the big question for the Bucks is whether they want someone completely new that hasn't been a part of this last five year run. So it's going to be fascinating. But let us know in the YouTube comments: Do you lean one way or the other? Untried head coach or someone that we've seen? Uh, whether it is an Atkinson or Borrego, I know Tyler and Nick Nurse keep coming up as well. But those types of names that we have a bit more familiarity with, uh, let us know uh, what you think. But clearly this conversation is going to continue to roll on. But it's interesting and it's good to get the different perspective of everyone. I'll continue to try and do those podcasts with people, the experts from different cities that know these uh, candidates a little bit more as well. We've, been asked, uh, we've had a number of people asking for a Becky Hammond pod, so we'll try and knock that out. Uh, next week as well because it has felt for a long time that it's only a matter of time before uh, she gets a chance in in the NBA which would be fun so we'll keep talking about it Camille I'll drag you back on without question next week you know that sounds like a plan we'll catch you on Monday